0: God. And welcome to Eve's Corner. Eve's Corner is a show of enlightenment, encouragement, and empowerment. And I'm so happy and thankful that you've joined me on today. Today's show topic is Don't Leave Without Jesus. One of the biggest areas of opportunity that I see in this day and time is that we need Jesus and we can't get along without him. But we foolishly believe that houses and cars and jewelry... And degrees, job titles is enough, but it's not. Then there are many others who don't even realize that God is not involved in half the things that we're doing. We continue to do things religiously or out of habit, but much like the scripture today, he is not with you. So today, many will find that you may need to go back to where you left him and understand that it's all about him. So before we begin, as we normally do, we're going to bow our heads for a word of prayer. For those of you who are following in scripture, we're going to go to Luke, the second chapter, and begin at the 41st verse. Again, if you have your Bibles, go to Luke, the second chapter, beginning at verse number 41. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you now, God, for our many blessings. I thank you, God, for watching over us and keeping us. I thank you, God, because you are faithful, even when we're not. We ask you now, God, to forgive us of our shortcomings. Forgive us for everything that we've said or done, God, that's not like you. Continue, Lord, to keep us on the wheel and make us meet for the master's use. Continue, God, to purge us, cleanse us, make us more like you. God, we thank you right now for everyone that's listening and everyone that's connected to this ministry. I lift them up before you now, God, and I ask that you meet every need. God, fill every void in the name of Jesus. I pray now, God, that this word will come forth with clarity and with understanding. I pray now, God, that you'll take my tongue to write upon the hearts of your people and give them what they need on today. God, we praise you and we thank you in advance for everything that you're getting ready to do through this ministry. I praise you, God, in advance for lifting up bowed down heads on today. God, I praise you and I thank you today for touching those who may be sick in the name of Jesus. God, whether that's physically or mental illnesses and distresses, God, your word lets us know that you are a healer. You are truly Jehovah Rapha to us, God. And I thank you in advance, God, for healing God, for touching God. In the name of Jesus, God, I glorify you in advance for all things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so we're looking at Luke, the second chapter. And again, our topic is don't leave without Jesus. It's a familiar passage of scripture, but I think that on today we'll get a better understanding Of exactly what the scripture is talking about. I think that we know some parts of the story. But I don't think that we know all the details of the why. And so therefore today we're going to study. To get an understanding of God's word. So again Luke the second chapter beginning at verse number 41. It's a little bit lengthy. But I think it's necessary to read it in its entirety. So beginning at verse 41. The Bible reads. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, "'Son, why have you treated us like this?' Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Amen. The word of the Lord is already blessed. So, notice that, first of all, the event occurs in Jerusalem at the time of the Passover. The Holy Family has traveled from Nazareth to Jerusalem in order to celebrate the yearly Passover or yearly Paschal Feast. So, the etymology of the word Paschal is the equivalent of the Greek word Pascha, and is derived from the Aramic word Pasha and in Hebrew Pesa, meaning the passing over, and it refers to the passage of God on Passover night when the Israelites left Egypt. So basically, they were engaging in their normal religious activities. Now you may be asking yourself, how can they continue to do normal religious activities or having church if you will how can we have church and god is not in it well i'm so glad you asked that which is from the spirit reaches the spirit and if you're doing the right thing but for the wrong reason you're still out of order if you're singing in the choir to be seen and not to glorify god you're out of order if you're in it if you're an usher and you're there just to boss folks around and you're not truly trying to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, then you're still doing the wrong thing or the right thing for the wrong reason. If you're serving in any capacity in God's house and it's not about God, then you, just like Mary and Joseph, are concentrating more on the work of the Lord than the Lord of the work. And we see this a lot especially around holiday season. Christmas is the first one that comes to mind. Quite often, people forget about the Savior and make it about Santa Claus. At Easter, people forget about Jesus and make it about dresses and hats and Easter baskets and bunnies and chickens and all this stuff. Well, it's all about the program it's all about the media expectations. And we've we've forgotten the reason for the season. We get caught up in the activities that we do religiously. And we've forgotten about the Savior. But still, you ask yourself, but how could this have happened? She knew from the beginning that he was the son of God. But like many of us, we've known all our lives too. But we get caught up. Things happen. Things are going on around us. And then some others foolishly think that they can live without him. Yet there are still others who don't recognize that you've walked away from Jesus. He's not on board with what you're currently doing. And now you've looked around like our friend Samson. We know the story about Samson and Delilah. He wakes up one day and shakes his hair. And he doesn't have the power that he normally has Because an enemy has fooled him. And with some of us, an enemy has fooled you. Whether that enemy simply got too close and found out your weakness like Delilah did. Or that enemy asked you questions and you kept playing with fire. Or greater still, the enemy just looked so good to you that you couldn't see the forest for the trees. And while you were sleeping or not paying attention, then you got got. Now, sleeping doesn't always mean a natural sleep, but for Samson, it was. For some of us, it means that you were just not paying attention. It means that you were distracted from God. It means that you were distracted from your calling. You were distracted from doing the things that you were supposed to do in the house of God. Maybe you were tired. Maybe you momentarily closed your spiritual eyes. But whatever the case, you looked up and your power was gone. Your love was gone. Your joy was gone. Your peace was gone. And your relationship with the Lord had gotten left behind. But this is your day to find it. Like Mary, you may need to go back to the last place where you left him. Go back to the church. Go back to prayer time. Go back to fasting and praying. Go back to Bible study. Go back to being a witness for the Lord. Go back to walking upright before God. You may need to go back to your tithes and your offering, trying to figure out why you're having some financial difficulties, but you've left some of the basics. Wherever it is that you left off, God is saying that on today, you need to go back. So again, we ask ourselves, how could this have happened? How did God allow this? Well, somebody today needs to know that there is purpose in this process. So, we're going to discuss four things from this story. Those four things are awareness, emptiness, providence, and preparedness. Again, that's awareness, emptiness, providence, And preparedness. Now in talking about awareness. Verse 44 said that they were thinking that he was in their company. Which means that they didn't even realize he wasn't with them. How often have we thought that what we were doing is right? Or we thought that we were doing okay? It's not until you compare yourself, your situation... Or whatever questions that you may have about God's will. To his word. The only way you know. If something is unaligned. Is if you do a comparison. Well. God hasn't changed his mind. His word doesn't change. So therefore. You need to compare your situation. Or ask your question. According to what the word says about it. So. So. That's the only way that you're going to truly know whose side you're on. The scripture says all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. So that means that just doing a good deed from time to time isn't enough to get you into heaven. Just saying, well, I'm a nice person is not enough to get you into heaven. You have to know that you are walking with Jesus and that he's walking with you. Because just because you hang out with sheep Doesn't mean that you're in the flock. Do we realize how many unsaved folks look like, talk like, act like, and quote the scriptures just like we do? Even Satan knows the word. So it's necessary that we become aware of where Jesus is in our lives. He's not into being lukewarm. He's not into everybody who cries, Lord, Lord. Because if you're truly not on the Lord's side, what you're going to hear is depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. That's not what we want to hear. What we want to hear is well done, my good and faithful servant. Take your rest. We don't want to get to the end. And then realize God was never with me. I didn't do what I was supposed to be doing. I wasn't where I was supposed to be. I was not walking with Jesus. Today is your day. It's not too late. Now you have the awareness. Thank God. So let's talk about the emptiness. Emptiness simply talks about voids. Turmoil. When you attempt to move forward without him. There's something that's just not. Quite right. When you don't have Jesus in your life. Then you definitely do fill a void. I've seen people in that situation. And they just can't quite put their finger. On what's missing. But there is an obvious void. It's always something wrong. These are the people that are just never happy. No matter how much money they have. They're still sad. No matter how many friends they have. They still feel lonely. We all have a hunger and a thirst in our hearts for God. It's an empty place in our souls that only he can feel. The psalmist said in Psalm number 42, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? God. The problem is that instead of turning to God and letting God fill our souls, we turn to other things. We turn to pleasure. We turn to fame. We turn to money, sex, drugs, alcohol, you name it. Some people even turn to false philosophies of religion. Hoping these will lead them to the truth and fill the empty place in their lives. That's why there are so many different religions, because people begin to bend and twist what is true to make it their own, to make it something they're comfortable with. No. For a time, they think that they found what they're looking for. But in the end, they're just as empty as they ever were. And tragically, some will even discover that they've almost destroyed their lives. That's how people get into cults. And things of that nature. But don't you know, only God can satisfy our inner hunger. And he will. All we have to do is turn to him by faith. And open our hearts and our lives to the transforming power of Jesus. God doesn't want us to wander through life constantly wondering who we are and why we're here Walking around confused, instead, Christ came to this world to bring us back to God, and He will, as we commit our lives to Him. Don't be deceived by those who urge you to take the wrong wrong road. It doesn't matter how glamorous, and it doesn't matter how famous they seem to be, but instead. We have to make Christ the center of our life. God's word is true. Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Give ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. From Isaiah 55 verses 2 and 3. What are you saying? What I'm saying is if you want a real life, it's in Jesus. Nothing else will fill your voids, like a relationship with God. Those other things don't last. He is the way. He is the truth. And He definitely is the life. Now let's look at providence. The definition of providence. The divine providence of God is conceived as the power, sustaining, and guiding human destiny. So what does that mean in short? That God was in control all along. In verse two, in chapter two, I'm sorry, of the book of Luke, looking at verses forty-six through fifty. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his wisdom and his answers. And seeing him, they wondered. And his mother said to him, Son, why hast thou done so to us? Behold, our father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said to them, How is it that you sought me? Did you not know? that I must be about my father's business. And they understood not the word that he spoke unto them. Mary and Joseph searched for Jesus and they found him on the third day. Mind you, this is not a coincidence and it's not a useless detail. The divine providence provided that the child Jesus should only be found after the third day. God was in control all the time. Divine providence said he should be found in his father's house and accomplishing his father's work. Again, God was in control all the time. The phrase after three days should immediately draw our minds and our hearts to the mystery of the death and the resurrection of Christ for three days. Christ would be lost to the whole world for three days. The Savior would be dead. But after three days, he would rise and be found. So the Bible speaks of this mystery, saying after three days, he is found in the temple, that it might be for a sign that after three days of victorious suffering, He who was believed to be dead should rise again and manifest himself to our faith, seated in heaven with divine glory. This is what Jesus was teaching to Mary and to Joseph. That he would die and rise again on the third day. It was difficult and it was painful because to them, this is our son. And so, of course, there's anguish and there's sorrow for Mary because she had to question her son but he is her divine son because he's her son she speaks in tenderness she cared she felt so her question is well why did you do this to us and it's not because Mary was doubting God it's not because she was accusing Jesus but rather she's asking the questions because she realizes that she needs an understanding. She needs to be taught. So she asked him to teach her, to reveal to her the mystery. And so therefore Jesus begins to do so. So now what happens with this entire situation is that Mary begins to grow in her understanding of these mysteries And what did I say about divine providence? God is in control all the time. So the scripture says in Luke 2 and 51, and he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. And his mother kept all these words in her heart. He went ahead and submitted because he knew it wasn't his time yet. He still had to be subject to his parents. But Mary did remember everything that he told her. So we can be certain that Mary had long before already come to some type of an understanding that Christ would suffer and die and then rise again. She had read of the suffering. She had read about the lamentations. She knew that Isaac had been offered by Abraham And had been received back alive. And so she certainly knew something of the Passover mysteries. However, this knowledge that she previously had wasn't always clear because faith is believing in what's not seen. And even that which is seen, according to 1 Corinthians 13 and 12, that which is seen is as through a glass in a dark manner. And so Mary came step by step to an understanding of what it was that she believed. Quite often, as we know, we have a general understanding about a lot of things. But when you know for yourself or when God reveals things to you in a totally different way, then you're more enlightened. Like, for example, with healing. Until you've been sick And the doctors have said they can't help you until you take meds and it's not working. And you know for yourself that only God could have healed you. Then you might be singing about Jehovah Rapha. But when it happens to you, your perspective is totally different. And this is what happened for Mary. She was truly enlightened. Whether she understood Or whether she couldn't quite understand everything. The scripture still lets us know. That she kept all those things in her heart. So that she can go back and reflect. So that she can go back and diligently examine. What it is. That our Lord and Savior had revealed to her. So therefore. It follows. And his mother laid up all things. Etc. So Mary. Mary. The mother of Jesus, the mother of wisdom, becomes the scholar or the disciple of the child. Because she yielded to him, not as to a boy or as to a man, but she yielded to him as unto God. And then further, she pondered on both his divine words, but also on his works, So that nothing was said or done by him. And she just lost it or she just let it go. Because remember, she's carried Jesus in her womb. She's carried the word. Now remember, she conceived in ways that were unheard of. And in a manner, she nursed him. But here it is now that the child was revealing things unto her. And yes, indeed, she thought upon one thing at that time. This is my child. But she wanted a more clear revelation. And this was her constant rule and law throughout the rest of her life. Yes, he's my child. Yes, I gave birth to him. But she's got a better, better revelation of who he is now that he broke it down for her. Again, God was in control the entire time. So the Bible says that she pondered on these things in her heart. She came to a better understanding that although he appears to be my son. Who's ultimately going to be lost. Lost through his death, he was still going to return to me. He would still return to her and to everybody else on the third day through his resurrection from the dead, just as he returned to her on the third day when she thought that he was lost. That's good news. So now let's talk about the preparedness for what is to come. So we've kind of touched on it already in talking about the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. So we know that Mary committed no sin, and of course, Jesus committed no sin. However, it should also be clear that no sin involved, not even by an imperfection, there was no sin involved in the loss of the Christ child. She didn't do anything wrong. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. And even Joseph didn't do anything wrong. But there's a sorrow that's involved. There's confusion that's involved. Because although Mary didn't err, she, unlike Jesus, didn't know all things. Mary and Joseph yet had to be instructed in the great mysteries of the faith. And it was to this purpose that Christ remained behind in the temple. The Lord allowed himself to be lost for a moment so that Joseph and his mother might understand the plan of salvation, which was to be accomplished in Jesus. So therefore, There's also purpose in the pain. Somebody's listening right now who's gone through all sorts of things. But for everything that you've gone through, God had a purpose for allowing you to still be here at this time in this place. I've personally suffered loss. I've personally suffered where a job closed. I've personally suffered divorce. But I'm here to tell you today that nothing that I went through was in vain. It was all a learning experience. It wasn't in vain. So, to that person who's listening today, for all of your struggles, for every tear that you've cried, for all those things that you just couldn't quite understand, for every time. You just wanted to ask God why he allowed you to go through so much. I want you to know today that there is a purpose. Just like in this story, it was an opportunity for the parents of Jesus to learn more about the plan of salvation. The struggles that you had brought you closer to God. It caused you to draw nigh unto him. It caused you to pray more. It caused you to get back to church. It caused you to get back to basics. It caused you to just slow down so you could study your word more. For somebody who may have had a car repossessed and now you no longer have transportation, what it's done is caused you to be at home more. Because you don't want to call people to give you a ride just to go in and everywhere now, do you? It's caused you to stay at home more, to spend more time with your family, to spend more time with your kids, to spend more time with God. Believe me, you're not going through that thing for nothing. Things like this make you get closer to Jesus. Anytime you suffer loss, it makes you get closer to Jesus You have to know that it was never about you. But it is always about him. It's always about his purpose. It's always about his will for your life. And God is willing to do whatever he has to do to get you to come back home. He wants you to come back to your first love. The relationship that you had with him. Remember when you first got saved. So the struggles and the things that you've dealt with have also caused you to stop judging other people, to stop judging other folks' situations. Because now you can truly relate. Now you've been there. Now you understand. Now you have compassion. People always say, man, I would never do that and I would never do this. You don't know what you might do if you were in the same situation. So now that you've gone through something, you don't want people judging you. So you have a totally different perspective. You hear people all the time who say that their past is covered under the blood. Well, guess what? The sister next to you, hers is too. See, now you get it. See, before you thought you were invincible. And then sickness occurred. Before you thought your degrees got you that job. But then the company closed. When things begin to go wrong, all of a sudden, somehow we remember to pray. You suddenly remember Jesus. You suddenly remember that you can't live without him. You suddenly remember to be a witness to somebody else. You weren't really interested before in going to the homeless shelter and feeding the homeless and helping the homeless. Until you were in a situation where you didn't have a roof over your head. Until you were in a situation where you didn't have anywhere to go. Until you were in a situation where nobody was there for you. So now you understand. Now you get it. Now you want to help more. Now you want to be there for other people since God has restored you. You get it. It's easy to look at somebody else's situation and in your mind, you're feeling what my grandmother used to call high and mighty. So you try to judge somebody else or you try to talk about somebody else. Keep your mouth off of God's people. Because the truth is, if you were in that situation, you don't know what you would do either. If you were in that situation, you might not know what to do. If you were in that same situation, you wouldn't want people putting your business in the street. Keep your mouth off of God's people. Because once you go through, again, you have a totally different understanding You have a totally different perspective. So you have to go back to that place where you first started, where your heart was pure and your mind was on God and you weren't trying to judge anybody else. Go back to that place where you first found the Lord and you were just happy and you just had this joy and you just wanted to hug everybody and tell them all about Jesus. Go back to that place of love. Go back to that place of peace. Go back to that place where you first got to know Jesus. Go back to that place where you were when he brought you out of that situation and you know only God could have done it. Go back to that place where you would just surrender to him in worship, in your own living room, in your bedroom, where you just begin to think about the goodness of Jesus. Go back to that place where you can praise him no matter who's looking and you don't need a drum beat and you don't need an organ. But you just begin to praise and worship him because of who he is, not because of the things that he's given you, not because of everything, just because of who he is. Go back to that place of true worship, of true love, where the fruit of the spirit is manifested. Go back to that place. Or you just love God so much that you automatically loved his people. Now that you've gone through it, you can remember. Now that you've gone through it, your perspective is different. And to answer your question of why, God was in control all the time. But he needed you to know it. He needed to get you on the path to your destiny. And that was the purpose. If there's anyone who may be listening right now and Jesus is not your Lord and he's not your personal savior, don't wait another day. Don't wait another day. If you're in a backslidden state and what you're currently doing, you already know it's not where God has called you. You've walked away from the church. You've walked away from God. You've walked away from the people of God. It's time for you to come back home. It's time for you to come back to that place of worship. It's time for you to come back to love. Again, I realize that there may be some people who are listening right now. And I just want to minister to you. Sometimes the guilt and the shame begins to be too much. Somebody may be listening right now who's contemplated suicide. Somebody may be listening right now who's contemplated walking away from your family, from your children, from your husband or your wife, because you're just tired. Don't do it. Don't give up. There is purpose in your pain. There is purpose in this process that God is taking you through. There is purpose in you. God has a plan for your life. And in Jeremiah 29 and 11, the word lets us know that it's a plan to prosper you. He wants to give you an expected end. He wants to give you good things. There are benefits to being a child of God. There are benefits to serving God. All of those things that you've asked God about, all those things that you want, and all of those things that you need, I'm telling you today that you can find it in the house of God. If you're backslidden, if you're a sinner, and Jesus is not your Lord and your personal Savior, pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord. I know that I am a sinner and I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose again from the dead in three days. I turn from my sins today and invite you to come into my heart. And into my life. I am committing myself. To you. Your will. And your ways. And I will follow you. As my Lord. And my Savior. In Jesus name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer with me on today. I want to hear from you. You can go to my website and post in the blog. You can send me an email. The website is www.campbellministries.com or you can send me an email, acampbell681 at ymail.com. I know that today, for those who consistently listen to the show, may seem a little bit different. But sometimes we have to stop and take time out for what's important. Many of you may have family members who you're not still connected with because they've walked away from God. I'm telling you now, don't turn your backs on your family members. There are some people in your church today that have not been there in months But sometimes we get so busy doing the work of the Lord, like Mary and Joseph, that we've forgotten about the Lord of the work. When you remember Jesus, when you remember who he is and who He has been to you, when you remember how he cleansed you of your sins, it makes it a lot easier to reach out to those others who may have fallen away. There are some people right now that you know very well. You have their phone numbers. You know where they live. I am telling you, reach out to them. Reach out to your family members. Reach out to your neighbors. Reach out to those people who have not been at church in a while. And check on them. Because what happens much of the time is they've walked off and forgotten about Jesus. Just like Mary and Joseph. Whatever the reason is, they've walked off. And forgotten about Jesus. I'm telling you today, lay your pride down. You don't have to act like brother and sister suchy much. You don't have to be what my grandmother calls acting high and mighty. But there are lives at stake, people of God. There are people who truly need you, and somebody's thinking right now. Well, I'm not a preacher. I'm not a minister. That's not my job. I tried to tell them before. I don't care what the reason is. But I am asking you. I am pleading with you to go back. Go back. Go back to where you left them. Go to them and pray with them. Don't even talk about What it is that you think they did wrong. That's what happens much of the time in the church. Is that we get so busy pointing fingers at these folks. That they've come to a place where they just say forget it. Because you've embarrassed them or shamed them. You're so busy worried about the clothes that they have on. You're so busy worried about the thing that they did. I don't care if they show up at church smelling like alcohol tomorrow. They're in the house. And God will work out the rest. You just get them back to the house. You go back to your first love. Which is Jesus. And just tell them how good God has been to you. You don't have to talk about their mistakes, their errors, everything they did wrong. Stop bashing them over the head with those two or three scriptures that you know. And just talk to them about the love of God. Be there for them. Because you know, they don't know, but you know how much it took for God to bring you out. So how dare you judge their situation? You can't. You don't have a heaven or a hell to put them in. But they need you right now to come back to them with open arms and love. Just like with the prodigal son. I realize he went out and did everything he was big and bad enough to do. But they are like that prodigal son. The money is gone. The friends are few. And they're down to nothing. Now the prodigal son did shake himself. And, and realize, like, wait a minute. I, I was doing better than this in my father's house. I might need to go back home. But everybody doesn't always come to the realization first. What I love so much about that story is that the father saw him coming and went out to meet him halfway. That's the part that many of us are missing. You have to go out and meet them halfway. I'm not telling you to begin to act like them and do the same things that they're doing. But if your child... Is somewhere on the streets. If your child is out there somewhere on drugs. Even if you have a spouse. Who's just out there. In the streets doing everything they're being bad enough to do. I'm telling you. God wants you to meet them halfway. Again, much of the time we get so busy. Like Mary and Joseph. Joseph. With the work of the Lord. We're so busy singing in the choir. We're so busy being the usher. The deacon. The preachers. The musicians. We're so busy with the jobs that we have in the church. Many of us have simply forgotten about God. But God wants you to reach out to those people. Reach out to those folks who've walked away. Reach out to those people. Who seem to have turned a deaf ear. They hear you. Show them some love. Talk to them about how God is forgiving you. Talk to them about how God never stopped loving them and wants them to come back home. Reach out to those people because we're living in a time where the enemy has fooled so many people who are normally in God's house. The old people used to sing a song. Don't let the devil ride. Because if you let him ride, he'll wind up wanting to drive. And I know that it's true. Somebody opened the door. Some people, they just kind of cracked the door. And he slid right on in. Don't let the enemy continue to fool you. Whatever your situation, God loves you. He knows and he cares. But for those who are listening and okay, well, right now you don't have any problems. That's wonderful. But I know God has brought you out of something. And if you've never had a problem and you're listening today, God bless you. Because if you keep living, eventually some type of a problem will arise, and you will want somebody to give you that same care and concern. You want somebody to give you that same love so I'm asking you on today. If you're the person with no problems, reach out and share the love of God with someone who's in need. If you're the person who's had problems, know that God allowed it for your destiny to be fulfilled. Know that those situations made you stronger. But know that it was God who brought you out. You couldn't have done it by yourself. Know that the long term, it's all about Jesus. It's all about his plan. It's all about the fulfillment of his plan. And that means when he comes back, He's coming back for his bride. He's coming back for the church. He's coming back for his children, his people. And you want to be in that number. You want to be the one who goes to heaven. And he says to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Now take your rest. You want to be in that number. Thank you so much for joining on today. This has been Eve's Corner. I have some listeners who've had some questions as it relates to Campbell Ministries. So for those of you who are wondering, Campbell Ministries has been in existence since 1995. So I'm not new to this. I am new in my geographical area. I think that I've been here for almost four years now. And I can say that God is faithful. The Lord brought me here back then for my job. However, I told the Lord when I got here that I needed two things to occur. I need to have a good church home. And I only wanted to stay here if my husband was here. So for those of you who who know me, you do know that God has done just what he said he would do. I'm definitely thankful for my hubby. Deacon Marvin Jackson but I also know that God has a greater work for me here so for those who are asking where my church is (laughs) stay tuned God is definitely blessing Um, and on the next show then you'll be getting an invite uh, to our Ridgeland Mississippi locations grand opening so again Listen, for the next show, you'll get the location of Campbell Ministries Charity Full Gospel Baptist Church, located on School Street in Ridgeland. Again, God is blessing and God is doing some great things through Campbell Ministries. Some of those things, uh, in addition to the bi-weekly radio show and podcasts, are your big sister's closet this ministry provides prom dresses for young ladies who otherwise would not be able to attend the prom dresses are collected and cleaned all year long to prepare uh, to provide dresses for young ladies who are seniors all shapes and sizes um, so if you have any gently used prom dresses or any formal wear please do share um, we're asking that you donate them by mailing them to P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi. That zip is 39236. Again, that's P.O. Box 16214, Jackson, Mississippi, 39236. Camel Ministries also offers career readiness, career relevance, business etiquette, and life skills seminars for churches and the community at large. So, if you are interested um, in getting something scheduled, uh, especially large group seminars, you can email your proposal and your anticipated headcount to A Campbell six eight one. Again, that's A C A M P B E L L six eight one at ymail.com. Campbell Ministries also offers products for a donation of at least. you can obtain a one-ounce bottle of holy anointing oil that's been prayed for and blended according to Scripture in the book of Exodus. In fact, many of you know uh, that anointing oil is kind of expensive, so this is a good rate. Again, you can get one bottle for $12, two for $20, or three for $30. So buying in bulk will definitely save you money. You can send your request. Again, to the email, write us at acampbell681 at com, or you can go to my website, campbellministries.com or campbellministries.org and click on the donate button Then leave a note with your request for the oil and how many you need. You may also send your request by regular mail and that address is P.O. Box 16214 Jackson, Mississippi 39236. As you know, as with all other spiritual tools, the real power comes from God. Anointing oil is a symbol of your faith in God and God's ability to cleanse and make things holy. Now, remember, without faith, anointing oil will not have a positive effect. You can use oil to help strengthen and demonstrate your faith, but you cannot use the oil in place of faith. So I encourage you to get some oil to anoint your house, anoint yourself, anoint your children, get some extra bottles for your office, give one to your spouse, keep one in your purse, your car, whatever you need to do. And if you're interested in setting up speaking engagements, then you can reach me, Prophetess Amina Campbell Jackson at P.O. Box 16214 Jackson, Mississippi 39236 You can also reach me by email. Um, And if you're on Facebook, you can go to my page, or you can go to the Campbell Ministries page, and you can send me an inbox. Uh, I can definitely assure you that my testimony is one that is unique and powerful. Um, I have been in ministry for several years, but I'm I'm also an author. I'm a wife. I'm a mother of four, a grandmother of one. I'm a businesswoman. Um, just 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 a down-to-earth woman. Uh, who has also been through some things, you know, so, so when I talk to you, I tell you what I know, not what I heard. So, you know, again, God is blessing uh, as it pertains to the ministry. Um, but I need you to know that, you know, I'm just like you, you know, I'm I'm a woman, I wear many hats, but again, I have a testimony that's very unique um, to most, you know, and, and I'm so thankful that, I don't look like what I've been through. I'm thankful that, you know, God has blessed me and kept me over the years. He's blessed my children. He keeps us covered in his blood. So, again, I'm so thankful for your joining. And before I go, I want to pray one last prayer. We've prayed for those um, who did not know the Lord as their personal Savior. And I'm hoping and praying that that there were some people that prayed their prayer with me today. Um, And you'll be going back to your church on tomorrow and telling them about the goodness of God and how the Lord has kept you. But I want to pray that this word was able to sink in on today. So let us bow our heads before we get ready to close. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray now, God, that you go with us and go before us, God, to make the crooked places straight. Thank you, God, for helping us to see that we don't need to leave without Jesus. Thank you for helping us to see that it's all about you and it's all about your purpose and your plan for our lives. Thank you, God, for giving us clarity on today and a word that we can take with us and share with someone else, God. Thank you for reminding us, God, for how you've already blessed and kept us and that we are here to be an example to someone else. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks so much for joining. This has been Eve's Corner. Until next time, may God bless you and may God keep you is my prayer.